Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Huffeld. Today, we're going to do something unique. I am going to share with you just a couple brief quotes from my first book, The Science of Selling, and then we're going to talk about them. So these are just a random assortment of quotes from the book that I think will provide a lot of value. The Science of Selling came out in November of 2016. It's won all kinds of awards. It's been rated numerous times one of the top sales books ever. It has sold individually, not counting bulk buys, in just under 50,000 copies, one and two at a time. And it has been translated into half a dozen or so, maybe a little more than that now, languages all around the world. It's been exciting to get the word out about science-based selling and the power of science. But today I want to talk about just a couple quotes from the book. And as I share these quotes, they'll be very brief quotes. I'll share the page just in case you want to follow along in your copy of it. So we know this, science has improved our world and we now know that it can do a lot for your sales process as well. So on page 46 of The Science of Selling, I write, the more your selling efforts are aligned with how the brain naturally formulates buying decisions, the more successful you will be. I couldn't agree with anything else more from the entire book. That summarizes science-based selling to come up with that idea and to really understand that it took me over a decade to figure that out. The more your selling efforts are aligned with how the brain naturally formulates buying decisions, the more successful you will be. And that's the power of science. It tells us exactly how to sell. Another quote I want to share with you, though, and we're going to move quickly through most of these, is from page 209. And that is armed with the scientific data, we now have the tools to improve any salesperson's performance. I remember when I figured out that idea that science was this game changer and it is unbelievably empowering. And it allows anyone who takes this science to be able to understand why someone is underperforming and what to do about it. In other words, regardless of how good you are today at selling, regardless of natural ability, regardless if you have the gift of gab, whatever that is, it doesn't matter because all of us can get better because of what science has revealed. And that is mission critical. But I want to share with you another quote from page 159. And this one is based on decades and decades of scientific research and about six and a half years of my own research in this area to figure this out. And that is this, and I quote, the best way to lead someone into making any sort of major decision, such as a buying decision, is to first guide him in making a series of small commitments that are consistent with the larger decision. That is based on scientific research from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And then they started looking at just the impact that these commitments make. So researchers building on one another. And that idea is really what helped me figure out those six whys, the six 
questions that each begin with the word why that represent the mental steps our brains go through when forming a buying decision. And if you've read either of my books, The Science of Selling, which we're talking about today, or Sell More with Science, my newest one that came out in March of 2022, or you've gone through any of our training, you know the six whys are mission critical because they reveal how a buying decision is created. And so when you think about how should we sell, you want to think about those incremental commitments that guide people on a natural progression of consent and into that final decision to purchase. Well, let's keep going on because on page 112, we talk about the power of second level questions. I write answering second level questions, which prompt buyers to state their opinions, increases neural activity in the areas of the brain associated with reward and pleasure. Some powerful scientific studies have shown that. Oftentimes, salespeople are reluctant to ask these kind of second-level questions that guide people in assessing something you shared, like a statement of value, or giving a deeper explanation, like in the discovery phase, where you're really trying to understand their situation. And they'll often feel like, boy, are people going to be put off by this? And now, as long as you frame the questions right, that isn't a problem. And what does that mean exactly? Let me describe that. If you find you feel like you're pushing with a question, don't throw the question away. I mean, if you really need to ask it, you need to ask it. What you want to focus on is the way you introduce the question. So in other words, if you say things like, just so that I understand, or I've worked with a lot of individuals in similar situations, and they've reported that this is a big problem. Let me ask you, has this been an issue for your organization? Notice how you can soften it up on the front end, and that allows you to go in deeper. Make sure you're not phrasing the question in a way that can be abrasive. That's different than the quote I just shared, because second-level questions, when they're asked appropriately, people enjoy answering them. What researchers have found is that when they hook people up to fMRI machines that measures brain activity... When people are answering second level questions, the areas of the brain associated with the warn and pleasure light up, which in short means they like it. They feel like they're being valued. They feel like someone cares. They feel like you're helping them think through an issue and formulate their thoughts and crystallize them in their own mind. So this is really, really powerful. And if you're not sure what second level questions are, You want to understand these because this is a game changer when it comes to understanding your buyers and getting buy-in to the value propositions that you share. And I'll refer you to our training. Our virtual learning covers this in great detail and, of course, the books as well. Well, let's look at another quote from the book, and that is this one, a provocative one. Oh, a little controversy. Here we go from 103. Studies in neuroscience have found that the human brain can only think about one idea at a time. So when you ask buyers a question, you are focusing their minds on only your question. Uh Uh-oh, a lot of people go, wait a minute, David, wait a minute. Let me check. Yep, I'm looking at my resume. It says I'm a multitasker. Are you sure this neuroscience is correct? Yes, I am. So let's talk about this before anyone gets too riled up. What the research shows overwhelmingly, study after study after study after study, it's really not a debatable point anymore, is that our brains can only focus on one idea or thing at a time. So you might say, wait a minute, David, again, my resume says I'm a multitasker, so I'm going to have to question the science. 
hold on now, when you're multitasking, people that deem themselves good at multitasking, here's what they're good at. They can go from one idea, jump to another, and then come back to the original idea or thing, and they are able to pick up right where they left off. People that are bad at multitasking, they jump from one idea to another and come back to the original idea, and they go, now where was I? And it takes them a few minutes or seconds, depending on the situation, right, to get back their thoughts. And sometimes they struggle with ever getting back to where they were. Sometimes people will say, I, I can't let this go right now because it's going to be really hard to get back to this thought process that I've kind of worked up to over the last few minutes or hour, whatever it may be. And so that's what's going on there. So let's talk about this from a sales perspective. When we look at controlling the sale, what do we want to do? We want to focus on questions. Right now, if we were in the same room together, I'm talking. I would assume if you're looking at me that you are listening, but I don't know that. You could be thinking about a dozen different things. You could be thinking about what you had for lunch or what you had for dinner. Okay, stop thinking about both of those things and come back to me. Are you back? Okay. Regardless, I don't have control of that sale because I'm not controlling your mind. I can't, right? You have that freedom to think about what I'm talking about or something else entirely until I ask a question. Questions trigger what I call instinctive elaboration. In other words, if I ask you, what color is your home or apartment? You are going to think of your home or apartment and you're going to come up with a color. You're not going to tell your brain, okay, brain, now think of our house. What color is it? Your brain's going to instinctively elaborate on that. That's the power of questions. So when it comes to controlling the sale, it's not the person who's talking who's in control. What neuroscience tells us, it's the person who's asking questions because questions focus your buyer's attention on the topic of the question. And we know that when they're thinking about that, they're not thinking about anything else. Let me share just a couple more quotes with you from page 79. This is a good one. When it comes to the topic of emotions, everyone always says, Emotions are what get the sale. Logic is what keeps the sale. What do emotions do in selling? And then they mumble something incoherent and change the subject. What do emotions do in the sale? And this is a question I used to, back in my younger days when I first got into the science, I would use this to prove a point, whether it was a sales trainer, sales leader, salesperson, it really didn't matter. I'd say, do emotions matter in selling? And they would say, yes. And I would say, how? How do you know that? And they would say something like what I just said to you. Well, they help people get the sale. They got to become emotionally connected. And I'd say, what if I disagreed with you? What if I said emotions don't matter at all? It's all logic. How would you prove me wrong? I don't know, right, is the answer they would give. Uh, after they would try to explore a couple areas, they don't know. Because there's only one way to know the answer to that question. And you have to go to neuroscience. And if you don't go to neuroscience... You're not going to know the answer to that question. But here's what the research shows. Emotions do matter. Why? Here's a quote from page 79 of the book. The brain uses emotions to assign value and mark something as good or bad. It's how the brain distinguishes between what matters and what is irrelevant. Here is the best way I have ever heard emotions described. One neuroscientist said it best. He said, it's the logical part of your brain, right? Your neocortex and others that allow you to look at a person walking towards you and say, she's my cousin. But it's the emotions that allow you to then say, and I can't stand her. 
because we know what emotions do because there have been people that have had severe brain injuries where they cannot access their emotions. And I talk about this in chapter four of the science of selling, what this quote comes from, and they are literally unable to make decisions. They can't assign value. So emotions matter a lot. And there's a lot of things we can do to engage people on an emotional level. But one more quote, we're going to end with one from page 24. And that is, ooh, controversy, controversy. Here we go. Buckle up. And I quote, the way most people are taught to sell is grounded in selling, not buying. Salespeople are shown sales activities and behaviors and then taught to make their buyers conform to their model of selling. It's the exact opposite of how it should be. That's why I do what I do. It's all about science-based selling. Why? Because the science forces you to focus on the one group that really matters in the sale, and that's the buyers. And you can always tell if a sales methodology is based on selling or buying, very, very simple. Ask them, why do we do this? And then what evidence do you have for that? And if they say, well, we do this because we know that this works, or this is the best practice, or we know our buyers like it. Well, how do you know that? Well, they've told us it. Can I see the data for myself where the buyers have said they want this sales process, that it's aligned with how they buy? Well, we don't really have. That's how the conversation goes. These sales process are an inch deep. And so you can always just ask why, like one, maybe two times, and you'll be able to identify that. If there's not real evidence behind it, then there's not real evidence behind it. If it's all anecdotal, if it's all, well, it worked for me back in the day, that doesn't mean that things are going to work in the future. I mean, just look at the last couple of years, how the market conditions have shifted from 2019 to 2021, just in that short period of time, we saw a radical shift that would often take a decade or more. We saw it happen in just a couple short years because of what was going on in the world. Things changed significantly in that short of time. But you know what doesn't change? How our brains form buying decisions what influences our brain. That doesn't, your brain did not fundamentally change from the year 2019 to the year 2021. The market conditions did. So if your sales process is based on best practices, guess what happened? Uh-oh, right? Not good. Not good at all. Things don't work. When they're based on market conditions, when they're based on best practices, often by the time you learn them, they're obsolete or they're becoming obsolete. There are so many examples of this we could talk about right now in our world, but I just wanted to end with that quote just because it makes me feel good and it is extremely important. And it's really the why behind why science-based selling matters. I hope you had as much fun as I did today looking at some quotes from the science of selling. And these are powerful. We could have talked about many, many more, but here's what we know Science provides transparency regarding what is occurring in a sales interaction and accurately predicts what behaviors will positively or negatively influence the decision-making process. So what I would encourage you to do is to look at your sales process. Look at the way you sell. Is there anything that science has revealed that we talk about on this podcast or in the books or in our training that maybe isn't aligned with it because anytime you conflict with science, you lose. And more importantly, so does your customer. 
And if you say, well, David, I don't know any of the science enough to be able to say an answer to that question, then you need to get educated. Then you need to skill up in this area because as we talked about a while ago, the way you sell matters and the closer your way of selling is aligned to what science says is how a buying decision is created, the more successful you'll be. And the further away your way of selling is from how the brain makes a buying decision, the less successful you'll be. My friends, this is literally success and failure in the sale. So give all this some thought and then go sell something. I'll see you next time. 